You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Martin Bodelson Kaldau. Martin, thanks so much for being with me today. Hi, Brainerd. Hi. Thanks for inviting me. Martin, we're going to talk about your show, of course, that's at HB381 Gallery uh, that just opened um, and is running through June 17th. And the title of it is Probing the Floor, Sniffing the Air, which has a a wonderful sense of of humor to it for me, um, that title. Mm. And, and of course, I've been to the show and seen it, but can you tell me a little bit about that, that title? There's so many associations I have there. Yes, uh, on, in one way, I'm, I'm very glad that you note that you, you observe the humor in it because that's, that's definitely what I wanted to, to have, uh, not to be too uh, intellectual or too serious. It's really down to earth because my sculptures are just doing that. <laughs> they, are, they are always sort of connected to what we are on, on the ground, uh, literally in, in some cases uh, where there's like a foot or something gripping, holding on, or maybe even just probing really finding out is this safe or not and so so that's sort of part of the language of of an uncertainty about the sculptures that i'd like to have and then yeah, the other hand the air is where they're going this is really what it's all about it's 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 a sense that when you look at the work that they could they might be able to continue beyond their uh, actual um, presence uh, and, and I'm very, I'm very concerned that that's sort of part of what you you feel and what you uh, perceive when you look at it. So, so they, they're really doing those two things, pointing to presence in space, which we are all uh, are part of, <laughs> which we all experience. We walk around, we are always in space, we move in space, and and it's really as simple as that. That that I want people to have that somehow presented to them or reminded remind them of it or something yeah it's it's a sculptural issue of course this this uh the way it animates the space or the way the viewer is kind of led around in terms of the composition there's a few in there though um or perhaps it was it's it's only one that um doesn't have open ends they they all seem to be able to continue in other directions or almost as though they're sections but some of them on the wall Mm -hmm. in particular one that's um all white is um, it's not circular, but it but it connects back to itself. It, it if I'm correct, it's the only one or one of the few that doesn't have That's true. an open ending. That's true, and 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 I guess that was what I wanted to try out with that one. One that's sort of folding in on itself, or or becoming a, a kind of sign almost uh, a, a lot of sort of very basic kinds of sign uh, science needs to have some kind of uh, uh, presence that you try to look for what are they really about but they won't give any answers they, they are there as, as, a, as something that you're very familiar with in, a way, in one way but on the other hand also is enigmatic and, and doesn't give anything away uh, so I, I think that's my my fascination with that particular kind of form, and then of course it connects to the rest through the way that it's it's actually made, the, the way that I join uh, these two two parts together, which then creates a very important kind of visual play on the surface of the sculpture. 
uh, which which you you've seen in all of them, but but that becomes a little bit different in the white piece on the wall because simply because it it turns in on itself when when your eye is following the structure around it ends up in the same spot. So those those sort of little staccato notes that you can feel through the way that it's it's been joined, they become very important. And and some of these, I mean, when when I look at the ones that. Um which would first drew me into the gallery. There's several uh, along a podium, and, and these are all quite different. Uh, to me, they struck me as, as very sensual in a way. The, these look like uh, mm. industrial almost uh, objects, a kind of tubing that we, we might have seen somewhere in a building. But the way they're, mm. they're knotted together, and I know knots are something that you've been working with for a while, but the way they're knotted together... Um, feel something um, other than, of course, what they're used for, as far as I know, um, or, or what we yeah. might imagine them used for. They look almost uh, sensual. They look almost like bodies. They look yeah. almost like arms yeah. embracing. Um, is is, is yeah. that part of what you're thinking? Because that's a very sensual kind of aspect uh, of something yeah. that, that uh, looks, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but you definitely got something there because it's uh, – I mean, if we're talking about the two-piece orange piece at the entrance, which is maybe, yes. maybe one of the most extreme ones. Uh, well, the, the, as you noticed, my my overall title from from for all these works uh, are, is uh, spatial drawings. Uh, so, so again, I try to describe what they are. They they are a way of taking that line that you know from your pencil and paper out into space, and actually. When I started working like with these kind of works, I was very curious about whether I could actually literally um, keep that feeling in the sculptures um, through, the, through the way I was asking myself, can I, can I do a doodle in three dimensions? Can I do a doodle slowly? You know, when you sit, you're on the phone and you're, 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 your hand is doing something that you're only partly observing. Something is happening there. So I was trying to sort of think of that that um, way you work with a doodle. And, and then obviously it's absurd to make a doodle over one month. But, but it's in the technique that I developed for that because uh, the tubes, as you say, are sort of industrial. That's what they start off with being. And then I start, once they have the, the right kind of dryness to them and I can handle them, then I start sewing them up into parts, into bits. And I do that completely at random. I don't have any plan with it. I try to vary a little bit the angles, but I don't know where they're going in my sculpture. I, I simply make a lot of little bits. And then I assemble them, maybe two or three of those bits, and make myself the stock of those little short things. So when I start building the sculpture, I have obviously an idea whether I, I might be after something extremely compact that sort of keeps folding in on itself, or maybe something a bit more constructed that raises up more loosely. Um, according to that, that overall idea, which is not at all an exact plan, I simply start working, and then with the way of joining and adding all those little parts I was telling you about together, I, I leave those different angles to decide where the sculpture is going. I, and I try not to judge, oh, it would, be more, it would be more beautiful if I let it go that way rather than that way. I really try to just let it go. And then obviously, for reasons of stability and structure of the sculpture, I need those lines to cross occasionally so that it may become fixed and, and create a strong structure. 
but that's really my rule. And, and, and that's why I have no idea when I start what they, these words will actually look like. Uh, I, I have the overall idea, but, but it's about those random cut angles that then let go. So, so this is where the similarity between the idea of the doodle is and, and the sculptures. And, um, and then again, once you start like that, you need to sort of listen to yourself and, and, and especially listen to what happens in front of you um, and, and let things carry on uh, until you start feeling that now the, the energy is, be, is starting to be here. It's in, in that two-piece orange one, uh, I worked, as you can see, a long, long time with it because I, I needed it to have more, more mass, more be bigger, be uh, tighter, be more uh, full of energy from, from all that carrying on, really. <laughs> so so I, I perceive, when I'm working with them, I perceive very much the physicality of them. And that, that's really my sort of guiding line to, 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 to obtain that, that presence, that, that physicality. Uh, and, and, and again, if I use very small tubes, then of course it takes a lot of tubes to get there. And when I use the bigger uh, diameter, of the tubes, then then it's a different ballgame. Well, I, I want to talk about those those two orange ones, as you're mentioning, because those like like the others, they're distinct in in the kind of complexity of of, uh, of the work, but also, and, and and I'm talking now more about about the imagery and the feeling of these. Um, these almost feel. I mean, before I'm I'm being anthropomorphic, talking about you know do they look like arms or something, but whatever they look like. Yeah. They, they, they feel yeah. almost like it's, it's a living thing, you know. These, these are tubes, yeah. these are, these, but it almost feels like an animal, an insect, organs. Something feels like it's, yeah. it's alive here. It's not, you, you've taken yeah. what looks like um, industrial looking type objects, and it genuinely feels yeah. through color, through form, that, that, they're, that they're living. That's how I see them. Is, is this something that, that you see as well or, or is part yeah. of this process? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, and I'm very, very happy that you can see that because this is exactly what I'm dreaming of that people will be doing. Because, first of all, they're not narrative in any particular way. They're not describing uh, other than movement and, and that link to the very casual or the very random, which I really like. Uh, this, this, uh, uh, because I think that using that, that similarity of, the, of, of having your pencil in your hand and you simply draw very lightly something and it doesn't, you're not depicting anything. It's simply the activity it's about. That, that um, uh, then appears back into the sculpture and, and as, as something that, that you could have made yourself, really, or I could have made it differently than I did. And that's not important. The important thing is the energy of it. The, that, that it's present, that it really sets you, your, your mind going, your, your vision of whatever you're carrying around with uh, is activated, and, and that's really what I'm after. Uh, the, and I've heard that very often that people feel that energy, that, that, that being alive, uh, which, which is really, uh, I mean, it, it sounds as if it's very easy. It's not, uh, because, <laughs> because, because formally, and visually, that feeling, to obtain that feeling, is something 
is something quite specific in the sculpture. I work a lot with that. Sometimes I, 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 I think I've finished the sculpture and then two days later I say, oh, it needs 10 centimeters more on top. Otherwise, it's not, it's not doing what it should do. It doesn't shout out. So then I change it. But, but so it's very often in a very, very precise position than that particular uh, sensation of, of, of being alive uh, uh, simply emerges. Uh, that's and, wonderful. And yeah, think, the, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. Go on. No, go on. Yeah, yeah. I think that that that's what you probably see in a lot of classic sculpture too. I guess even if we're talking about figurative plastic work, uh, the way hands are posed, the way something is happening, uh, and not least the way that the 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 the, the dress or the gown or whatever that sculpture is carrying uh, is used to create all that life. Um, which is, is really, um, in, in the catalogue essay that you might have read, um, Glenn Adamson is, is using as his first reference that sculpture, very known sculpture group called the Laokan group, which is this Greek um, um, man and his two sons being uh, invaded by sea snakes that are, pulling, that are all over them and are dragging them down to the sea and, and to be drowned, really. So it's very, very dramatic uh, and symbolic, of course. So, so a lot of people have told me that they think of that sculpture when they look at my work. <laughs> and, and that's interesting, because what is that? Do we, do we have a kind of way of, of um, um, interpreting that snaky feeling, that way that things move around when a body is sort of exceedingly or excessively in motion, uh, some, maybe we, we then think of something immediately because we all know it. We know it's what it's about. We do that ourselves. You turn around quickly, you're doing something. Of course, we're not thinking about that, but, but it, it probably connects there somehow to, to each individual. Yeah, that's so interesting. You know, you, 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 you were talking about drawing earlier and doodles and... Um, and, uh, and, and, and that process, the talk about that, that process formally a little more because so many of these are titled spatial drawing. Um, there was one, Rumbles, yeah. that's uh, I, I think five pieces that are mounted on the wall yeah. That, that, yeah. that also have, have this great energy of, of being almost alive, of, of having a dialogue with each other. Um, yeah. and, and, they're, and they're, of course, also gray, which drew me in in, in this idea of, of drawing, um, can you tell me a little bit about how, mm. how you see drawing or in, in relation to these? I mean, you know, sculptors, of course, I always think yeah. have a different sense of drawing. You know, this, this notion of sculptors' yeah. drawings always look different than painters' yeah. drawings. So, um, yeah, let's talk yeah. about drawing a little bit because that one in well, particular, yeah. Rumbles, seems to address that. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, it's uh, the drawing, I mean, all my works are based on drawings, but not in the sense that I sit down and plan a sculpture. They're based on sketches that I continually do work with. Sometimes I work on computer in, in, in various programs playing around, but mostly I simply draw with a very ordinary ball pen and, and, and on a piece of paper, and then sometimes I take a picture of it and put it into the computer and try to work on with it, you know, whatever I can think of. Uh, but the, 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 the way I use those drawings is, is really the flow of them. I, 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 you know, in certain, when I'm in a certain mood or, or I think I need to drive something forward here uh, in my own process, the drawings are, are, are simply a flow. And out of that flow, 
there are always a few that I attached or I notice more than others, or I, when I when I re look or look at them again, I think, oh, this, there's something here in that drawing. I don't know really what it is, but there's something I need to explore more three dimension three dimensionally, and and that's really my method. So the drawing, I mean, I have paper and drawings all over my studio all the time to remind me of possibilities and remind me of of of. Uh, of, of things, maybe often also things that I don't really know what to do with at the moment, and let them hang around, and it keeps on my mind always uh, turning around, and and, and 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 suddenly at a moment I think, okay, now now's the time to do this work. Now I really want to 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 attack it, and then I forget a little bit about the drawing again. It's really setting me off, but. Was getting me started, but but as soon as the work is, is on its way, it, it's 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 directing. It, it's really the uh, the uh, observing what goes on and taking my decision step by step uh, during during the making. And um, so I think of, of those two things very very much in parallel. And often actually, often I'm very surprised at that. But often my sculptures end up looking a lot like the drawing even if it was a loose drawing it took me half a minute to do. Um, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, a funny, it's a funny it's a funny connection. So obviously it's my vision that, that is, is operating here, the, the way that I obviously when I draw uh, on a piece of paper, there must be a same kind of <laughs> vision at play than the one I'm employing when I'm in front of the, of the sculpture. I'm not sure, but yeah. uh, it, it definitely happens. Yeah, that's so that's so interesting the relationship of drawing and 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 since we're we're talking about how drawings move to the sculpture, then there's of course the technique which we haven't talked about, which is is also what's extraordinary about this work to me. You're a ceramicist, and um, mm-hmm. and, and this work is is you know when, when we think of when, when I think of you know what that means and, and and kilns and extruding, you know this seems it seems remarkable just the technique that's happening here. I mean, the, the question is, you know, kind of how are these made? Um, I've, I've never seen anything like this before in that medium. So, no. so that in itself, we're, we're talking mm. about forms and shape and, 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 and other things, but yeah. then there's just the, your process itself has been developed over, over many years, right? And, and, I, and I've yeah. never seen anything yeah. like it. I, w- I would imagine that in itself mm. is your own um, I mean, not quite invention, but it, but it is how you're using. Uh, I mean, uh, on, on one hand, it's on one hand, it's what the plumbers do every single day, uh, you know, solving problems by by having these angles and tubes that can go around a corner or whatever. So that's that. So it's a familiar it's a familiar principle. It's not something that I I invented, but of course I've invented it for my own purpose, and I can tell. So if you just uh, just to mention sort of a little bit of my history, um, uh, because I've always been very interested in form, first of all, what, what I can say with form, what, what kind of emotion can I raise through form. So I, I'm very, I try to be very precise in the form. And I think, because now I've been working with, with ceramics for, well, it's really nearing 50 years, and, um, and in many, many different ways. The first 15 years uh, of my, my career, I was working with domestic functional ceramics and then I quit that completely and, and went for a master's degree at the Royal College in London and changed my path completely. But that's already many years ago. But but um, I was what I wanted to say is that that this technique that I'm employing in the pieces you've seen is probably a way of 
demounting or de what do you call it, deconstructing my all my own skills really. It's it's a way where I try to get away from being in control of everything, which I've normally what I always have been doing. Uh, um, through a very sort of laborious and very precise and meticulous way of working. And I, I, I enjoy a lot the way that a certain part of what I'm doing now, which I really try to let go. And and, and, and that's very much the reason why I, I found that technique suitable for these sculptures, because it could really allow me to not know at all where this was going, but simply follow it. And obviously... I'm actually doing a, a large uh, retrospective show next year at the at Clay, the Ceramics Museum in, in, in Denmark. Uh, and I'm going to show a lot of old pieces with new pieces. And, and uh, what you will then, of course, think, and I'm curious to see when it's all set up, um, is what, what is it that connects all those uh, 35 years of work or 40 years of work? What really, what is it underneath it all? And, and I'm sure there's a lot. And, and one of them is, is that form thing, that, that I'm, I'm sensing what I'm doing, I'm sensing it as, as language, and, and, and I think that will definitely run through it all. And then there's another detail maybe, uh, which you'll notice, uh, is the cut, the way I use uh, the cut, the way I stop a figure. I, I always cut it sharply. And, and sometimes there are planes in the, in the shapes that are cut as well. You can, you can see that very clearly in those shapes at the gallery. Um, and that's, that's a, a kind of feature that's always been in my work. Even when there was nothing to do with tubes or anything, I've always liked this way of, of abruptly introducing a contrast to what I was uh, making soft or, or light or heavy or whatever it had to be. Um, so, so that's definitely a particular um, uh, preference that's, that's always been there. Uh, and I hadn't thought of it for a long time, and uh, suddenly I thought, well, that's strange. It, it was in 1995 already, <laughs> or, or maybe even earlier, actually. So, yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks. That that's yeah, so fascinating. Yeah. It's absolutely what? Uh, it's, it, it's um, I think, well, I've talked a lot about rhythm, or I talked about rhythm before also, the way that the joints of, of all those bits of parts of, of tube uh, become sort of like accentuating the form rather than if it were smoothed out. Uh, and and um, I'm, I'm a keen listener to jazz music and contemporary jazz music, which I, I listen to a lot in my studio because this is a place where I can listen and, and complicated things. I can re-listen and, and, and get to know it over a long time. So, but but obviously, to, to to there's also a certain banality of, of about comparing sculpture to to music. But there's something to it, obviously. And I think that my way of trying out things in that regard is to also play a lot with the titles of my work. And sometimes um, they are they they are about sounds, like in the work Rumbles. Uh, because uh, when, especially when you look from the from, from a little bit from an angle at it, and you stand there in front of it, it's extremely noisy, visually noisy. It runs in all directions. It's, it's something's going on all over the place. So in that sense, the word rumbles came to me like you know a sound that that sort of underlying something, but but it doesn't tell anything specific. It, it's simply a sound that that 
that is there. And and I like to I like to do that. Sometimes in other works I try to be a bit more sort of absurd, simply using words that are, have sounds in them. Um, and uh, you know sometimes I come across a, a particular expression or or some words, and maybe I try to dissect them and try to to, to look at them and see what what kind of other words could I create with those same letters with a sound in them that 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 become that that evoke something when you look at the sculpture because I think that that's what titles have have to do they have to be the extra layer they have to be they have to be maybe adding something that you you would it would be hard to do physically so that's definitely how I think about titles and and, and that's why I think it's very difficult sometimes with titles because I don't want to explain what I'm doing I just want it to be there as present and as as, as um, stringent as it can all the way around. Yeah, that's, uh, that makes so much sense. Um, Martin, it's wonderful talking to you about this, um, this terrific show. I, I want to ask you one more question, a little off topic before we go. And that's, yeah. uh, what, are you, what, what are you reading at the moment? I'm always curious what everybody's reading. Well, actually, <laughs> right now, I'm, I'm reading a funny book, a thick volume in Danish on the history of, of, of Danish, uh, Danish political history since 1848, which is when we got our first constitution in this country after the, 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 the uh, omnipotent king system was thrown out. Uh, so, and, and this is all stuff you've learned in school, but obviously I've forgotten most of it. But this, this author that has written this book has, is doing it in a really, really lively and fun way and with lots of information that no one has ever heard about before. All that behind the, the official history thing. Uh, and I'm enjoying that a lot. And I like to sort of vary my reading between historical stuff is something I'm very interested in and then uh, novels I come across. I, I read over Christmas, I read um, a couple of, of, of novels by uh, the French um, Nobel Prize winner, actually Annie Arnaud, um, which, which, of course, I, I got to know about him through, through the prize. But so I thought, who, who's she? And I wanted to, to, to get to know her. And, and that was very, uh, very interesting uh, and, and, and slightly boring at times, but, but, but with a very distinct voice throughout. So, so it sort of stuck in my system longer than I, I thought it would have. <laughs> yeah, which was, was that, was yeah, that so the my years? Reading is was, that a, was that the years you read by her? Because I just yes, also yeah, read a book I, I wrote, Yeah, exactly. That was the years. And, and there was one called uh, um, Story About Herself as an 18-Year-Old Girl, a sort of uh, an autobiographical uh, a shorter novel. That was, was that, was that uh, The Happening? Was, was that The Happening? Because I, I just happened to be reading books by her as well. Yeah, there was one called The Happening. Right. And that was, yeah, but, but The Years no, I haven't was... Read that uh, one. Huh. That, yeah. So, yeah, so I guess, I guess it's to do with age also. The older you get, somehow you, you, you like to try and get that connecting back. And maybe and not least to the, the history of the, that you've been part of yourself to try and understand things more. What, what happened really then, and what, what, why was I in it, if possibly, <laughs> or, or what was I thinking when I was hearing about it originally? So, so uh, it's um, yeah, that's that's what's on the the, the the table next to my bed for the time being. 
Well, thank you, Martin. Martin, uh, again, thank you for talking with me. Thank you for putting together this beautiful show. Um, I just, yeah, again, want to thank you for your time today and, and, this, and this work. Thanks. Thanks very much for inviting me. It's very nice talking to you. It's, uh, I, I get, obviously, I get very happy when, when I can hear that people are, uh, are connected to what I've been doing. I mean, working in the studios, everyone knows, can be a long and lonely thing, not that I'm bored with it at all, but you don't see anything outside the world and suddenly it's all out there. So okay, thanks I'm, for inviting me, really. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.